Sometimes in life, skepticism can serve you well. It can save you money, keep you from wasting a day at a timeshare presentation, and help you avoid spreading gossip. To be honest, when I am faced with a new scenario, I usually tend to be a skeptic until something proves me wrong. And if you're like me, you can probably spot a too-good-to-be-true health hack from a mile away and read labels like it's your job. That's where ritual comes in. They know that every good skeptic deserves a multivitamin that exceeds your standards. Their clinically backed Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin has high quality, traceable key ingredients in clean bioavailable forms. Take two delayed release capsules per day that optimize your body's absorption and you'll get nine key nutrients. Rituals Essential for Women is USP verified, so you know you can trust what you're putting in your body. Only about 1% of supplement brands on the market have the USP verified mark, which shows the product contains the ingredients actually listed on the label. On top of that, Ritual multivitamins are vegan, non-GMO project verified, gluten and major allergen free, certified B Corp and made traceable. I take my vitamins every morning with breakfast. It's part of my daily ritual and I feel so good doing it. No more shady business. Rituals Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash yoga girl. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash yoga girl for 25% off. Welcome back, my darlings. It's time for a brand new episode of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. I want to start this episode off with a little celebration, okay? We just crossed 2 million listens a month, which is just... I don't even know what to say about that. I, I remember fighting so hard, really working to hit the 1 million mark. And then it's been maybe, I don't know, six or 10 months since I checked the stats of how many people are listening to this show. And then we had a little podcast meeting a couple of days ago. And casually, I find out that we just crossed the 2 million mark. And it just, it just blows my mind. It blows my mind. Okay. I want to hold a little bit of space for this community right now. And the fact that we are all here on these strangely similar journeys intertwined from all different corners of the world. And somehow, somehow it, it's kind of, it's, 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 it blows my mind that I get to sit down here once a week and just speak from the heart without a plan without a structure, without doing any kind of research, without deciding on a topic, without having a bunch of celebrity guests, you know, I'm not doing anything without any marketing, right? Just sitting here talking to you every week. And this podcast keeps growing and it keeps growing and it keeps growing. And it feels so beautifully effortless, effortless and fantastic. And I, I feel so held and so seen. And most of all, I feel so, so, so grateful. So thank you so much for listening to the show. And if you haven't already, if you're on the podcast app right now and you love this show and you're tuning in every week, go give it a five star. Okay. It really makes a big difference in terms of how new people find the show. So that's my little, my little wish from my heart to you to continue having this community growing. And I want this community to grow, but I want it to grow effortlessly. And this last word, right? effortlessly is a huge, huge shift for me in my whole overall life. I've been 
contemplating this and meditating on this all throughout this year. And of course, last year throughout the pandemic, you know, is it possible to meet our goals, to have growth in our lives, to evolve, to receive abundance without having to push and force and kill yourself to get there? I mean, the idea of this, the concept of this, and I've spoken about this on the show, I think a couple of times, but it is such a life changing perspective shift, right? It's a real huge shift in perspective if we actually start to lean back and contemplate this idea of maybe there's a version of my life where I can have success and I can have abundance and everything can work for me, right? But I don't have to kill myself to get there where it can actually be effortless, And for me, I'm so deeply programmed into this idea that to get ahead, you have to fight, right? To get ahead, you have to really, 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 I mean, you have to work to the point of depleting yourself. You have to give and give and give and give and give. And even though, you know, I've, or thankfully, I guess, thanks to the fact that I've had yoga and meditation in my life for so many years, I've been able to sort of manage this balance of self-care while also working unbelievable hours every single day and every single week and never really ever taking a break, right? And then now after the pandemic and all the life changes that have come my way and I'm easing into this completely different kind of life where, I mean, just let's look at these past couple of months. I came to Sweden a little over two months ago. What have I done since I came here (laughs) in terms of my business, in terms of work? I haven't had an ounce of stress around work. I haven't had any kind of pressure. I haven't had any deadlines. I haven't taken any meetings. I think I've taken two meetings, maybe three meetings in in, in these past two months. Like I haven't taken any meetings, haven't done barely any any interviews, nothing, nothing that normally brings me any kind of, of stress or pressure or even just this feeling of, oh my God, I have an intense day today. Nothing, nothing. I haven't started any, any new projects. I haven't tried to tap into my creativity to produce something. I haven't I'm not working on a book. I'm not working on a big thing, right? I'm just, I've just been out here in the woods, right? And the only thing I've done that really counts as work, I guess, is I've been present on social media in a way that's felt really effortless and relaxed, just on my own terms. And I've recorded this podcast, right? I record the Yoga Girl daily once a day or five days a week. And then I have this show once a week and that's it. And the idea that this show, for instance, this is a beautiful example of this, that this podcast is growing. I mean, it's really growing. It's bringing me abundance and I'm not fighting for that to happen. I don't have a strategy. I don't have a marketing plan. I don't have a, this idea of like, oh my God, how do I get the podcast to grow? No, not at all. I just enjoy sitting down here to talk to you every week. And then I send off the little file to the production and, and that's it you know, they edit and produce and it comes out and and that's it. And sometimes I, I don't even think about it anymore. You know, I don't even, I don't share it on Instagram or anything. I just send it off into space and then I move on with my day. And then next week I sit down again. Right. And it just feels, it almost feels like it's not real. This idea that the podcast is growing, but I'm not forcing it to grow. I'm not trying for it to grow. Right. I'm not trying to follow all these plans or, you know, I'm not doing anything and it's growing. How's that? How's that possible? (laughs) And it aligns really beautifully with this little, yeah, this little seed that's sprouting inside of me right now that tells me that actually there is such a thing as effortless abundance. 
that all, all the spiritual teachings have taught me my whole life. Every great book that has ever changed my life, every teacher or person that has really inspired me, they all live by this ethos, right? To go with the flow and that there is such a thing as being in alignment with the world and having things come your way without having to kill yourself to get there. And I've, I've read this so many times. I've had this told to me so many times, but there's a part of me deep, deep, deep inside that still doesn't really believe it. You know, it's so ingrained in me, this whole patriarchal idea, because it, it is a patriarchal idea. It is a very male kind of dominated system that we're living in that tells us we have to really push and push and push and push and push. And if at the end of the day, you're not exhausted from your day, then did you really, did your work really count? Right? I feel like that often, that if at the end of the day, I don't feel tired from the work day I've had, then I'm a little bit guilty, or I can even feel a little bit ashamed. Like, hey, I didn't, I wasn't valuable today. I didn't produce today. I didn't perform well enough. I need to have this feeling at the end of the day of just a hint of exhaustion. <laughs> and that exhaustion tells me, okay, I, I worked really hard. I fought well. Let's do it again tomorrow, you know? And it's so bizarre because it's living that way for so many years that led me to my burnout. It led me to getting sick. For sure, I'm super convinced that if I didn't keep up the pace that I had been keeping up for so many years, I would have caught the mold that we were living with. I would have been able to read the signs of my body better if I wasn't pushing myself so hard, right? I was ignoring the signs of my body and just kind of pushing and pushing and pushing. And even though I didn't even have a clear goal, it wasn't like I had a goal I was trying to reach somehow. It was just this being in perpetual motion, you know, feeling at the end of the day, like I am useful when I create, I'm useful when I support people, I'm useful when I produce, right? And if I'm not producing, then I'm useless. So I have to keep on producing something, right? Be of value every day, every day. And then I look at these past couple of months where from that lens, right, I, I should feel totally worthless right now because I've had two months of not producing anything. I've had two months of of not working, basically. I mean, for me, this 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 is this is totally not working. I haven't done a single thing that has felt out of alignment, right? And I and I'm really used to doing that because, of course, being an adult means that yeah, you got to pay the bills, and sometimes you got to go to the DMV, and you got to do the boring things, right? That you have to do as an adult. But I haven't had any of those moments these past two months where oh, I don't want to do this thing, but I'm going to do it. No. I've had some things come my way or little opportunities or suggestions and I've just felt like, nah, no, I don't have to do that right now. No, if it's really real, it'll come back later, but I, I'm not in that space right now, right? I've just been recording this show. Mothers deserve the absolute best. So this Mother's Day, spoil the moms in your life with little luxuries from Osea. Osea's skin and body care is the perfect way to remind all the moms, mother figures, caregivers, grandmothers, and mother-in-laws in your life to make time for themselves. If you have been looking for the perfect gift, I recommend Osea's Andaria Algae Body Oil. I've been using it for years, and it seems like every single time I apply it, I get compliments on my skin. 
This body oil is rich, but it's never greasy and it's clinically proven to instantly improve skin elasticity. Your skin will feel more sculpted and toned and you'll be left feeling silky, soft and glowing. Another favorite of mine is the Undaria Collagen Body Lotion. Ever since I've been using collagen, I have noticed a difference in my skin. In fact, it's never been better. Using Osea's body oil and lotion together is a mega moisture duo, giving you a full body glow. Osea's products are infused with their signature Andaria seaweed, but it's also clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Really just a perfect gift for yourself, the moms in your life, and even the planet. Spoil the moms in your life with clean, vegan skin and body care from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with the code YOGA at oseamalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to oseamalibu.com and use the code YOGA for 10% off. Can we just take a moment to pause right here, right now, and imagine and vision for ourselves what our own lives would be like, the shift that would take place in our own lives if we were able to tap into that effortless place of creation, effortless abundance. I, got, I get goosebumps talking about this because I feel like it's true and a part of me is pulling that in. I mean, this podcast is a great example of that. I'm calling that in somehow, but my mind refuses to believe it, right? My mind will continue to kind of bring me those little feelings of guilt if I'm not working hard enough. And I was sharing that a couple of couple of podcasts ago when I was sharing this dream for my life, right? And it's pretty much full circle now as I'm sitting here. Today is our last day on this land. We have spent the entire day packing. We move out tomorrow. So today's literally the last day. And I sat here, I think a month ago on this show, and I was sharing my full like, you know, unfiltered from my heart, completely like almost childlike vision for my life of, of staying on this land and making a life on this land. And how this idea of living with nature, you know, living, living this almost like farm kind of life, where the center of my day would be around being in nature and gardening and you know, tending to the land. I felt almost ashamed sharing that dream because it felt so almost stupid, you know, who am I serving <laughs> if I live that kind of life? You know, am I allowed to have a dream that's that selfish? That dream where at the end of the day, I'm not supporting and taking care of a bunch of other people or at the end of the day, I'm not, you know, making a name for myself or at the end of the day, I'm not following the old societal rules of getting super rich or becoming super, super successful from the, you know, society's lens of what success means. Like if I, if I skip all of that and I just, <laughs> I just tend to the land because that brings me joy. That brings me so much joy. If I do that, it's like I have to feel a little bit ashamed almost because it's too selfish. It's too not serving anything, right? That's the feeling I really had. But I shared that dream anyway with this very childlike wish that maybe maybe that could come true. And it's a month later. We've been here for over two months now. Today's the last day. The owners of this land said, no, they don't want to sell. And it was a very firm no. So um, I know there's no, there's no window there. I mean, of course you don't know in five years, 10 years, 20 years, like, you know, but it's not, it's not in the cards for us in this stage of our lives. And I know now that this land, it's not going to be it, 
right? That specific part of that dream is not going to be it. But what if, what if the point of us being here was to awaken this effortless space inside of me? Because that's what I feel like this land really, really did. What if it's not about this specific, you know, that this specific land where we are right now, but all the things that nature awakened inside of me here. And that dream, that dream of that effortless life where I garden every day, I can, I can still work toward that dream, right? Or maybe I don't even work toward that dream. <laughs> maybe I align with that dream. Maybe there is this effortless place inside where that dream, it's, it's already on its way to me. And right now I can't see it. I don't know what's around the corner. I can't really, you know, I wish I had this clear path of here is where we're going to live. The dream is somewhere over there. Let's go. I don't, I have no clue what tomorrow is going to bring, but I am starting to really tap into this beautiful truth of, of the lessons that this land has really brought me, you know, all the healing that I really found here. And one huge piece of that is this this possibility of having ease in my life that I can wake up in the morning and the first thing I do isn't pulling up my phone to check my email or the first thing I do isn't opening my computer to check everything that's going on or to continue the project I was working on last night you know or the first thing I do in the morning isn't to pick up the phone and check in with our team or take a meeting or whatever but where the first thing I do in the morning is step outside and put my bare feet on the grass you know where I have a long, slow morning of making my matcha latte with my daughter and cooking, making pancakes and letting my husband sleep in and like tending to the house and watering the garden first thing and like really having that ease and that space, which when I, when I close my eyes and I envision that, not just as a, as a blip in my life or as a vacation in my life or as a holy shit, we found toxic mold in our house. So now my life is upside down and I'm in the woods for two months kind of thing, you know, but, but where it's permanent, where it's actual long-term sustainable life life. Like I close my eyes and I think about that. It brings me back to the pandemic. I mean, we were still in the pandemic, I know, but it brings me back to the sort of peak of lockdown when we were in quarantine at home in Aruba. And we all experience this, right? This all of a sudden, this massive shift in pace where life was moving in one at one pace and all of a sudden everything stopped, right? All of a sudden we had to stay home. All of a sudden we didn't have all these places to go and all these things to do anymore and everything just kind of paused. And the thing about that is it came along with so much fear, of course, because it felt like the apocalypse, felt like we were all going to die, like we so much unknown, we didn't know what was happening. We didn't choose that change of pace, right? That change of pace just came to us and we resisted it. I resisted it. I was terrified we weren't going to have food and what's going to happen. Are we going to get sick? You know, especially in the beginning and that, at least for us, that first or for me, that first lockdown was super, super, super scary, right? And it was for a lot of us. But then as, as the weeks went on, I think for so many of us, we started enjoying this change of life right? We didn't enjoy the pandemic. We didn't enjoy all the loss and all the loss of normalcy and loss of funds and loss of work and loss of loved ones. No one has enjoyed that. But we started enjoying this slower pace, right? Everyone that I have spoken to, I mean, most people that I've met have found something really great, something really beautiful that they're taking with them from that change of pace of the pandemic. If it's, you know, 
wanting to enjoy a slower life, maybe having less stress, maybe working from home, more time spent with the kids, less time spent commuting, you know, time spent in the garden. How many of us started a garden in the middle of the pandemic? I mean, more connection to Mother Earth. We have so many things that we're taking away to take home, you know, even as the pandemic ends, things that changed our life for the better, even though it happened from this forceful, scary kind of pandemic place, right? So the idea now, and I think a lot of us are in a similar place in life, it's not just me sitting here in this cabin in the woods with this life shift, but a lot of us have hit this point now where, okay, are we getting back to some sort of normal? A lot of countries, things are opening back up. It feels like we are at the end of the tunnel and, you know, things are kind of resuming to something that resembles normalcy. So how do we take the good and we bring it with us into this next chapter of our lives? How do we not have, you know, the pandemic be the only year of our life where we actually spent as much time with our kids as we really, really want to? How do we make sure that that year of our lives isn't the one year of our lives that we garden and we felt the connection with Mother Earth? That that's not the only year of our lives where we actually didn't experience this overwhelming feeling of stress every day, you know, or whatever the takeaway is for you that was really valuable and beautiful. How do we integrate that and bring it with us into the new normal? And I, I can tangibly feel I mean, I can really tangibly feel that all of this happened to us for a reason, right? All of this, and you, you know, I have this ambivalent relationship with everything happens for a reason. Like it's, it's, it's a hard thing to say and it's a beautiful thing to say, but right now I really feel that way. So something that I have really arrived at, and to me, this was an epiphany that honestly came my way full force today. Something I've really landed at is that sometimes life doesn't want to make the decision for you. And this is a, this is a big thing. At least it is for me. Sometimes life doesn't want to make the decision for you, but life wants you to be empowered enough to choose for yourself. And what I mean with this is, so right now I'm in this cabin. It's our last day. Tomorrow we go to a new house. This is a new house. It's just a rental that we found uh, it's two hours away. It's in a totally different part of the, not a totally different part of the country, but right now we are like north west ish of Stockholm. And we're going to go southeast of Stockholm. Um, still about an hour away. So we're not going to be that far, but it's far from here. Right? It's going to be a total different change of scenery. We're not going to be in nature in the same way. We're not going to be in the woods. We're leaving this land, right? And. I've spent the last couple of days preparing for this move because I really moved in here. I mean, I, I, I didn't just come as an Airbnb guest. Yeah, like I really set some roots in, you know, literally I, I set roots. Like I planted this garden outside. Like I have, I really put my, put my roots down here. So the last couple of days I've been preparing for this move and preparing Leia for this move, which has been a super, super challenging thing to do. So every day we're talking a little bit and, you know, with, with this age, she's four, you can't start too early with something that's happening in the future. You want to prepare. I want to prepare her. But if I would have said a month ago, hey, in a month, we're going to be moving to another place. She doesn't have the concept of, of a month yet. You know, her brain can't, can't manage that 
length of time. So most likely that would have just brought her way more anxiety. This idea, wait, we're leaving. Where are we going? Why are we leaving? You know, so I kind of waited for the last 10 days, last week, really, that we've been starting to talk a lot about the fact that we're going to leave. And, and the first, you know, when I said that, and we've had that in the back of our, like we've talked, spoken about that before, that after this house, there's going to be another house, but I haven't said like it's happening now. And when I said that like a week or 10 days ago, she just looked at me and she said, and she started bawling. She just cried her eyes out. I mean, full, full force. Like, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave this house. Mama, I want to stay here forever. And I said, I know, honey, I want to, I want to stay here forever too. But you know, we can't. And we always knew we had these two months here and now we're going to another house. And she's been crying about it. And then when she's done crying, she starts asking, okay, what's the, what's the new house like? And then I get to talk about that a little bit and she's going to have her own room there. And there's a big living room and a big kitchen. And, uh, I haven't, I don't know the new house yet, so I can't explain too much, but there are certain good things, which is like, she's going to have a room and space of her own. Right. And then once a day she's bringing it up. Wait, wait, we have to leave. Why do we have to leave? I want to live here forever. Mama. I want to live here. And the new house, is it going to have an upstairs for me to live? Because we're living in a loft now, like there's a loft bed. And I said, no, the new house doesn't have, it doesn't have an upstairs, but you have your own room. I don't want my own room. I want this house and this garden. And what about this tree? Like she has this really specific tree in the garden here. She's so in love with what if, what if the new house doesn't have that tree? And I'm like, well, we can always make, we can always create that tree. I said, we can plant that tree there. And no, she doesn't. She she didn't have that. No, but it's not going to be the same tree, you know, which is true. So this whole week, it's just been very emotional, and it's been me holding space for her to to process without, you know, like jumping to. But the new house is going to be great, and yeah, but we got to move, and we can't, you know, like really holding space for that. Like, yeah, it sucks to leave here. Yeah, I don't want to leave here. We don't want to leave here. It's painful. And we love it here. And yeah, and you know, I wish we could stay. So there's been a lot of a lot of that processing. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Today as our last day, like last full day, we leave tomorrow morning. We've been packing the whole entire day and Leia's been helping out and she's going from like excited and packing her toys and all this stuff to like all of a sudden she's having a breakdown and she's crying again and she doesn't want to go and then I'm crying and just a roller coaster day right and a busy day and then Dennis took her to go to the store and just pick up a last little package here and just yeah basically get her out of the house so I could record this show and right before she left like she puts she puts on her shoes she said mama I think the new house is going to be a good house too <laughs> and I was like yes 
thank you. I, I, you know what? I really think so too. And then she was kind of like, yeah, she settled in that. I think the new house is going to be a good house too. Yeah. And then she left and it felt like such a beautiful moment of just like, yeah, you know, she thinks the new house is going to be good. Okay. Okay. And then they left and I, I was sweating, you know, we've been packing, all, we have so much, I mean, I, we have more things here than I thought. Like I really like, we have so many kitchen things and so many plants that I'm all confused about how we're going to bring and, and all of this. And I decided, okay, before I record the show, I'm going to have a little moment for myself. So I put on a face mask. I took all my like little, like a little lake spa moment and I brought it down to the dock and I did a whole full body dry brushing. And then I swam and I let the lake just wash my face mask away. And then I cried in the lake and I just had this, yeah, just this moment to myself, right? take a shower. And as I'm standing in the shower, I have this, it was like a download. I mean, have, have you had that experience where you're just doing something totally random and all of a sudden it dawns on you, right? Something dawns on you. And the download I had in the shower, like washing, <laughs> washing after the lake is that the reason we are in this place of uncertainty is that I'm supposed to make a decision. The reason we are in this place of uncertainty is that I'm supposed to make a choice. And it hasn't occurred to me that 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 could be it. I keep waiting for the universe to provide me with the answers, right? So uh, uh, the universe providing me with an answer, for instance, could have been that, yes, we were allowed to buy this land and then we would go down that path, right? That would be the universe giving me a sign. Yes, it's true. We can stay here. Like everything aligns for that. The universe giving me a reason could be all of a sudden I find a new place that I love, right? Somehow, like I'm, I'm, all, I'm on all the, you know, realtor pages and I'm looking everywhere all the time, like, you know, and also sometimes like kind of how this land came our way. Someone just emailed us. Like I'm just, you know, the universe just brings us a place that aligns. I'm like, here, we can live here. Or all of a sudden we find something amazing here. Like we find a school for Leia somewhere that just feels like, oh my goodness, this is the best school we've ever seen. This is it. And then we look for a place to live close by or something opens up in Aruba that really aligns and feels like that's where we're supposed to be. Like I'm waiting for the universe to bring me a path, right? And the reason I've felt so much anxiety over the past week is that I have no path. The universe has brought me shit, nothing. Like I don't have anything from the universe at all. I have no, not even like an inkling. Should I go left? Should I go right? Should we live in Sweden? Should we live in Aruba? Should we live somewhere else? Should we go back to Aruba in August? Should I just wing it and find a school for Leia here? It's like, I can't, I can't live in the unknown and for, for much longer. Like I can't just dwell in this space of not knowing where we are going to live. Like it's, it doesn't work. Like I have a four-year-old, she needs to go to school. I need to, the universe needs to provide me with some sort of path, right? Like some sort of sign. And I've been waiting for that and waiting for that and waiting for that and nothing is coming. <laughs> and I've had so much anxiety about that. And then it just dawned on me in the shower. Like, I'm supposed to make this decision. <laughs> and maybe this is a little laughable to some of you. If you don't live your life in this way, the way I do, where I wait for life to show me the way, right? <laughs> I wait for the sign and then I act because, you know, it feels energetically right. Yeah, it's that's that's how I live my life. And it, it, was, it felt like a light bulb moment. If I was a cartoon character, I would have a light bulb above my head going ding, 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 ding. I'm supposed to make a fucking choice. Oh, oh, wait, what? 
okay. And then all of a sudden my whole worldview shifted. Like, okay, it's not about the perfect thing landing in my lap right now. And then I'm going to go for that. It's actually me making this decision, making an empowered, assertive decision by myself in terms of where do I want us to live, right? Me making that choice versus waiting for life to make the choice for me. And the reason this is a big thing for me is most of my life, if I really look back at my life, I... (laughs) I'm kind of used to being that person that doesn't have to choose, right? I'm also a Libra. I'm really bad at making decisions, especially when, like, I'm really bad at making little decisions. Like, do I want a cappuccino or a matcha latte today? (laughs) Really, really hard, really hard making that decision. Where should we go for dinner? Like, what should we have for dinner? Like, can't make that decision. Horrible. What should I wear? Like, all of these, like, little decisions I'm really have a hard time doing, but the big decisions, I can assertively make them if the universe shows me the way, right? So I'm, I'm never actually just on my own. Like, here is what I feel deep inside, what my truth is, what my wanting is, what my longing is. It's very rarely that. It's more often, ah, I could go either way. And then life gives me some sort of little nudge. Ah, let's do this. This is good. Like, this feels like it's aligned, right? Which is kind of a cop out in a way. And a really beautiful or one of the most, the biggest examples of this in my life, and I share this in, in my book, Into Love and Let Go, this was a, a really big thing for me and Dennis. But when Dennis and I met, I had been, I had come out of like a year and a half of my life where I had bounced from relationship to relationship. I had like maybe three or four relationships that were very loving, like with guys, very intense, very romantic that lasted like three or four months. In each of those relationships, I had a moment where I was like, oh my God, this guy could be the love of my life. Like it was each love story was really big and really overwhelming and really intense. And, and I would just kind of hop from country to country because I met some new guy. Right. And it it was always felt like this is it. Yeah, this is it. So like I met a guy who lived in Costa Rica and then I like moved in with him and I was like, oh my God, this is it now and I'm going to be with this guy. And then suddenly three months later, I'm like, ah, I don't know if this is right, but it, it feels like hard to make a decision. Do I stay here with him? I don't know. And then all of a sudden I met another guy, right? And then I moved to the States, <laughs> like moved to Portland for a couple months and did that. And I was really messy and not honest and not clear in those transitions like I broke a lot of heart in that year that year of my life like I'll I'll admit it I I was kind of a a heartbreaker I have good relationships with all of these guys or have had pretty much except one um to this day so most most of it worked out everybody's happy now but when I met Dennis it was really similar in the beginning you know it was like I had just come out of another relationship didn't really know where I wanted to be in my life And it never occurred to me to just sit down inside of myself and really feel like, where do I want to live, right? What do I want with my life? But then I met Dennis and we fell totally in love. And then it was like, okay, well, let's be in Aruba. Like Aruba, Aruba sounds great. And we were so in love, but there was a part of me that still felt like I was terrified of commitment. I was terrified, terrified really of making a choice, terrified of, of really allowing myself to be fully and unconditionally loved. It's much easier for me when I look at my ancestral background and my history and my parents and grandparents and great-grandparents, it's much easier for me to run, 
much easier for me to leave than it is to stay, right? And I had that pattern of meeting great guys and then leaving and meeting another great guy and then leaving, right? And then I met Dennis and it was a, it was different. It was more in depth. It was more powerful. It was scarier because it felt more real, right? It felt really like this, this has the potential to change my life. And about a year and a half, was it a year and a half, two years into the relationship, something like that, I just decide that I don't think this is it. You know what? I think it's time for me to move on. And I didn't really have a clear reason as to why I wanted to move on. You know, it was just, I think I was itching for, okay, I've been here long enough, right? Been with the same guy too long. Like I need to, need to go to the next place, need to find the next thing. Da, 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 da. Like can't commit, can't stay here. Can't really let myself relax and just be totally loved by this wonderful man, right? Which was really what it was. So I create a huge mess out of nothing, you know, nothing big happened that he did that made me go, oh, I don't want to be with you. I just create this huge mess out of nothing. And we had a couple of months. I mean, this is like to, to date the hardest time of our entire relationship. I mean, that time and this year, those two times for sure are the peaks or I guess the valleys, the deep valleys of our relationships that we've been, that we, where we've been most challenged of all. And in the middle of this crisis where I kind of decide I don't want to be with him, he's not right for me. You know, I always and I always envisioned myself I would be with like a really spiritual guy or, you know, I had this like vision in my head of what the guy was supposed to be like this hippie guy or this, you know, like maybe like a meditation guy. Like, I, you know, can you can you imagine me like, holy shit, thank thank the heavens that that's, that that's not the kind of person I ended up with. But I had this idea of what it was supposed to be. And then I started telling myself like, Dennis isn't all of those things, right? He's super humble and down to earth and practical and like, not at all, not at all that thing I had in my head, right? Thank God now. <laughs> but so I create this mess and then I decide, okay, I'm going to go to Sweden for a while and I just need to clear my head, right? I need to go to Sweden. I'll find answers. And it's funny because it hasn't occurred to me until today, standing in the fucking shower, that it's really similar to that time. It's not the same at all. You know, it's not me and Dennis in crisis as if we're about to get divorced or something like that, but it's our life is in crisis. It's like our ground is crumbling a little bit. And that was the feeling I had back then when we almost broke up. I mean, I was 22, I guess. 22 years old, you know, Dennis was, Dennis was 25. We were babies, but it's a similar feeling. And back then also it got really messy. I felt, oh my God, this is whole, this whole thing is just so intense. I don't know what to do. I'm going to bail. I go to Sweden and I went to Sweden and I stayed with my dad. And now this trip, I've had a lot of time spent with my dad more, way more than I normally have. And I was in the woods at my dad's house. I was going for runs. I was going for walks in the woods. And I had completely forgotten about the specifics around what I did in Sweden when I bailed on Aruba last time, which was, you know, 10 years ago, nine years ago, something crazy like that. But it was really similar. You know, I left Aruba to go home or to go to Sweden to be in nature in different ways. And the big epiphany that I had back then was that up until that point in my life, in my romantic life, I had never had to make a decision. Every relationship I'd ever had, ever, every romantic relationship, every boyfriend I'd ever had, it was never me making the decision of saying, oh my goodness, I really feel deep in my heart, in my gut that I'm supposed to be here. So let me make that decision and move there right? Or make a change in my life 
in this way. I always just kind of said, huh, okay, let's, let's go over there. You know, like someone offered me a plane ticket to go to LA and I just went to LA and met a guy there and then stayed there for three months. Like those kinds of like ridiculous, you know, like it's fun to think back at now, but that's literally how I lived my life. Just something would come up and I would just go for that opportunity. I didn't make choices for myself. Right. And with Dennis, it was similar to we fell in love and I went to Aruba and was like, yeah, this is great. Let's stay here. But I never made that choice of I'm going to move, you know, to be with somebody. It was similar in that feeling of I just went with the flow. And then all of a sudden there I was in this massive crisis. I was in Sweden. I was about to lose the greatest man I'd ever met in my entire life. And it really dawned on me. I'm supposed to make a choice, right? It's not just going with the flow anymore, because if I just go with the flow now, I lose him. That was literally what it was. I could have stayed in Sweden, literally. I went to Sweden to clear my head. (laughs) I could have stayed in Sweden and never come back, right? And that would have been gone with the flow, because all of a sudden I was in Sweden. I could have found a new guy in Sweden or gotten a job there, or, you know, I could have just gone with the next thing. I had to choose him. I had to actively choose him. And this was such a massive epiphany for me because it was so hard for me to choose love. It was so hard for me to choose myself, right? To actually choose love in a sense of if I commit to this man, I also open up to the fact that I can lose him, right? If you, if you, if you let yourself be fully and utterly loved, you also open up to the possibility and the fear of, of that love being taken away, which for me always was this same old, like, what if he dies? Like, why should I ever bring someone really, really, really close? Because they might disappear. They might leave me. They might betray me. They might fall out of love with me or they might pass away, right? Which was the experience I'd had so much in my life. So it was much easier for me to choose surface romance, to have a fling here and a fling there and never really commit and allow myself to be vulnerable to heartbreak. And then all of this happened and I had to actually choose him, which of course meant to choose me, to actually decide and say out loud that I am worthy of love. I'm worthy of a real relationship. Like I'm worthy of, of this man, like of falling in love in a real way and getting married and having kids and like going down this whole path that I'd always just decided wasn't for me you know since forever I said that that wasn't for me I would never get married marriage never works why on earth would I ever get married all I've ever seen from marriage is that it's bad and people split up and divorce and it's traumatic like why would I do that and then suddenly here was this man and I and I had to choose him because if I didn't choose him I would lose him so it was a real clear choice and I chose him I mean I wouldn't be sitting here (laughs) today in this way, if I hadn't, right, wouldn't have Lea Luna, if I hadn't, wouldn't have this perfect family that means more to me than anything else in my life, like wouldn't have this perfect, perfect, precious thing of him and I, if I hadn't had that moment of crisis where actually life forced me to make a choice. So in a sense, having that separation, having that really traumatic and shitty time of our lives, like there was a lot of lot of hard things that came our way that time that I created. If it wasn't for that, 
earth crumbling beneath our feet. I never would have arrived at a place in my life where I had to make the choice and actively choose him, not just go with the flow. Because you know what? It's easy to leave things that just came your way. It's easy to bail on and not take care of and cherish things that just happen to happen to land in your lap, right? But actively making that choice, telling yourself that I choose this life, I choose this for myself, I want this for myself, it has a whole different energy, whole different commitment there. And what you're telling the universe essentially by making that choice is planting your feet firmly on the ground in that decision going, this is for me. This is what I want. This is the life I want. This is the man I want or the woman I want or the job I want or the country I want or the dream I want or the life I want. I choose it. I actively participate in the creation of my own life experience. I choose this. And that's what happened then, right? I chose him. Thank fucking God I chose him. Thank God I chose love and not fear. Thank God I stayed and I didn't run. I chose him and it was the best decision of my entire life. And now here we are together, right? Him and I and Leia, the three of us. And we are in a similar place. It's not the same stuff unfolding, but it has a similar feeling. And the part of feeling like things are crumbling and I bail and leave Aruba, right? And go to Sweden for reprieve, for peace, to be in nature. I was like in the shower just now. I did this before. What? (laughs) How, How has it not occurred to me in all of these months that I did this before? Like (laughs) I came to Sweden for healing, for answers, right? For nature. Like I did that before. And it brought me back to Aruba, thank God, to this beautiful life. And then here we are again. And it's like, I have all of this anxiety waiting for life to give me an answer of what to do with my life. But the point of all of this is that I'm supposed to actively participate in creating my own future. I'm not supposed to have a sign fall in my lap and just flow with that, right? I'm supposed to decide right now, where do I want to live? And not just... Oh, which school happened to be the best that I found here or, you know, what aligns more in this moment today or, you know, no, like what sign is the universe showing me? Like I am supposed to actively make this choice. Do we live in Sweden or don't we live in Sweden? You know, at this point, it's not like, are we choosing between all these places in the world? Like, is this where we're supposed to be? Am I feeling and finding healing in Sweden as my home country and seeing myself and my future in Sweden or not? Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. 
Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. And it's funny because, you know, this is such a closing of a circle in so many ways and literally recording this on the last day in this cabin, beginning a new chapter tomorrow in a new house and a new part of this place where I have no idea if it's going to be horrible or great or wonderful or oh, not at all what we want. And, and if you were to ask me today, so what do you choose? What's the decision? I am terrified, terrified to answer that. Terrified, terrified to answer that. And it feels like, it feels like too big of a decision. It feels like, it feels like a lot on my shoulders. And when I really tap into that, that feeling of, of, of making this choice, like I am the one making this choice. And of course it, it could be, or should be like, it's Dennis and I together, but actually it isn't. It is me making this decision because and we've been over this so many times. Like we spent 11 years in Aruba, right? So if I'm ready to live somewhere else, he's ready to move with me. If I decide, and he tells me every day, like if you decide you are going to be super happy in Aruba, you long for Aruba, there's a life you can envision that you're creating there now. Like, yes, then we go back to Aruba and we we continue building our lives there. But if that's not it, then, you know, I'll follow you where you want to go. So it really, it is my decision in this massive, massive way. And uh, I think about that, I mean, think about that incessantly and the feeling of potentially making the wrong choice or making a decision and then maybe it leads us to unhappiness or making a decision and it leads my daughter to instability what if I make a decision and it's bad for her right what if I uproot her life which is already uprooted you know but I I make an active decision that actually harms her in some way like it's unbearable the idea of of not doing the right thing and then I can kind of hear my higher self as I say that oh my god I, I could could cry right now as I say that and I go into that that fear as a mother that whole whole part of motherhood that is like I'm terrified of making the wrong choice right? I want to make the right choice for her. I want to make the right choice for her. And I hear my, my higher self right away, like, well, what's the right choice for you? What's the right choice for me? Because that's a whole other conversation, right? It's hard to put her needs aside and really just focus on my own. Like if I were to make this decision right now and it's not what's best for her, because a part of me knows that choosing what's right for me is going to be the right thing for her. The place where I heal and the place where I find that alignment and feel like I belong, where I'm happy, you know, is going to be the right place for her. Like I know that, but it's a really hard shift, you know, to shift all the focus just to me. What do I want? What's the right choice for me? Just me. <sighs> and again, I can, like, as I say that, this little feeling of, of shame, of guilt, of like, oh, what kind of mother makes decisions like that? You know, I'm supposed to 
sacrifice myself and just think about her all the time and put her needs above everything else. And it's like, what am I teaching her doing that? You know, I don't want to be that martyr mom (laughs) at all. No, that's not what I want to teach her. Like womanhood is like sacrifice. No, fuck that. So what do I want? (laughs) Yeah. I want that effortless, effortless, effortless life tending to a land here. (laughs) Yeah. Like the only thing I can see really clearly when I close my eyes, like if the dream, if it's not this land, okay, it's somewhere else. Like what part of that dream is really clear? The only part of that dream that's so clear is, is the garden. It's this this tending to the land, living with the land, bare feet on earth. Like that's the part of the dream that is so clear. And the one thing I can see when I close my eyes, it's like, it's not Aruba. It's, it's seasons, you know, <laughs> and it's watching, watching seeds come to life. And it's that whole cycle that I just went through here of watching spring arrive and then turn into summer. And then of course, like we'll get to experience this next cycle, which will be fall and like, it's that. So I know, I know already it's here. Yeah, this is a big thing. It's a big thing to choose yourself, right? And it's the same thing as like all those years ago, I chose Dennis And in choosing Dennis, I chose myself. And it was terrifying, scariest decision of my life. (laughs) You know, I wrote about that in the book too. When he went down on one knee (laughs) to ask me to marry him, I didn't feel any of the butterflies and joy. And oh my God, yes, yes, yes. I felt pure terror. Like I was on the edge of a cliff (laughs) on top of a volcano. But if I could have, I would have turned around and ran. (laughs) you know and sometimes like getting everything we ever wanted means facing every fear we've ever had you know which is changing that inner narrative of what we do and what we don't deserve right choosing love if we've had a lifetime of of doing the opposite of that if we've had a lifetime of choosing everybody else or making ourselves smaller or just giving, never receiving, like choosing love is a fucking hard thing to do. It's terrifying. And right now I feel like I'm in that similar place. It's like I'm choosing, yeah, I'm choosing where I belong. And it's scary. So what I'll be doing for the next for the next week is I'll be taking the lead from Leia Luna and processing and continue to process exactly this, like talking about this and being with my feelings and letting myself feel the fear of the uncertainty and, and just continuing to bring myself back home to me. And I'll make a decision. <laughs> And I think you, where you are in your life and the decisions that you're making, the decisions that are really scary, even that whole shift of 
of really bringing the spotlight onto you and your needs. Like how scary is that? It's easy to hide behind taking care of everybody else. It's easy to hide behind the role of the caretaker and the fixer and the rescuer and, you know, choosing other people. It's easy, especially if that's what you've been doing your whole life. Like actively choosing yourself, (laughs) actively participating in the creation of your own experience. That's a scary thing to do if you haven't had a history of doing that before. And maybe everything that's come your way, you know, this past year, pandemic, and then all the changes that are coming now, maybe it's just to bring you to this place of, of being able to and feeling empowered enough to actually make that choice. And I just hope wherever you are that, that you feel steady in that, steady in yourself and steady in this dream, this dream of ease, of abundance, of peace. I wish that for all of us, all of us. Whew. <laughs> I love you. Next week, I'll be talking to you from a totally different place. I know that figuratively, literally, emotionally, for sure. Thank you so much for listening. And I'll see you soon. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. And of course, a huge thanks to my sponsors. Make sure you support them the way they support this podcast. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studio. If you enjoy the show, make sure you listen, rate, review, and follow all episodes of the Yoga Girl podcast, Conversations from the Heart. Available now for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever you normally get your shows. I'll see you next week.